another episode of TBI Talks Tech. I'm Eric Hill, sales trainer with TBI, and along with me today is Dave Polakowski, operations trainer here at TBI, and today we have a very special guest. She is a former Verizon executive and CompTIA board member, one of the 10 most impactful women in technology in 2020, although we personally feel that has carried over to 2021 as well. Now a digital normal ninja leading her own consulting practice, JS Group. It's the one and only Janet Shines. Janet, thanks for joining us. Wow, I'm so excited to hear myself introduced. And here, breaking news, I just got informed I won 2021 Top 10 Tech Disruptors. Ooh. So... You know, break into glass over here. In, exactly. Golf claps, golf claps. Inside information only at TDI Talk Tech. So there you go. That's exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's First always, year. always nice to be recognized. Mm -hmm. So, Janet, um, I kind of gave you an intro there, but what it is you do, what you've been up to as of late? Well, like everybody else, I've been staying home a lot. Um, sure. <laughs> but, that, but that hasn't necessarily stopped business, right? So we've been all pretty hard at work. I'd almost argue harder at work than we ever were before. So watch out Vegas because we're coming there in November uh, to have some fun, all of us in the industry. But what we do is pretty simple. So JS Group is a channel consultancy firm. We work with partners, we work with vendors, and our whole mission is subbed up in three words, which is save the channel. So we believe that the channel is the most prevalent, most important route to market for all technology. When we see someone not agree with us, we battle against that. Um, and when we see someone agree with us, we lean into that. And so we're working with vendors and partners to say, how do we make this relationship work better, accelerate revenue, accelerate sales, everything from marketing and sales enablement to redoing those channel programs that you as a partner don't love so much. Um, mm. That's what uh, myself and my team are all about. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think I would hope that the channel agents that are, are listening would agree channel is where it's at. And, and some of the agents we work with have a lot of experience and tenure. Others, they've just started their own practices. I know you started consulting in the late 90s. You worked for Motorola, Verizon. You had a stint there at Office Depot, and now you've made it full circle back to the, the consulting side. How have you really seen the channel evolve over the last 20 years or so? Well, first of all, just to revisit that history, corporate America is brutal. Um, <laughs> no arguments. <laughs> and so it's so great to be back uh, on my own. But um, what I would say, what I've seen evolve is, is you know, the channel's cyclical, and you always hear, you know, somebody say, we want to go channel, right? Whether it's an investor or a vendor, whoever it is, hey, we want to go channel. And then you hear the exact opposite from someone else saying, you know, too much channel, you know, they make too much or they, they ask for too much. And in both instances, you know, what I've seen is a misunderstanding many times on the supplier, vendor, carrier, whatever you want to call them, of what mm -hmm. the channel actually does. And that is owns the customer, and that hasn't changed in all those years I've been out there. Now, the corporate, you know, boards of America and investors of America can say whatever they want, but the channel owns the customer. And every time that someone has come up with a, ooh, you know, this transition of technology from the phone closet to the PBX, from the PBX to the cloud, from the cloud to distributed computing and the edge compute, every time somebody has said, 
this is going to be the time the channel, you know, gets hurt. And every time they've been wrong. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I think about those cyclical moments, it seems like there's a lot of folks that have tried to shift the fact that the customer prefers the channel. I don't believe that ever changes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that's the first thing. The second thing I will say is the cloud evolution has definitely shifted, though, the percent of sales sold of certain solutions through the channel. And so we're seeing a lot of channel partners now have to really dig in and get more involved in as a service and cloud mm -hmm. solutions. And that's where TBI is such a great partner for them. You know, just my humble opinion in, in my tenure at Verizon, TBI just was an amazing partner for me uh, and all of their partners. And so I just think that certain folks like TBI are really leaning in there and understand that as the world changes, so do partners need to change with it. Mm -hmm. The final thing I'll say about the change in the channel is the go-to-market. So 20 years ago, let's say, it was all personal relationships, face-to-face. -face. Who did you know? Where did you used to work? Maybe you used to work at that vendor or you used to work at that end customer. Now it's all about digital. It's mm -hmm. all about social, social selling. It's all about digitization. It's all about customers um, being engaged with where they live. And, and frankly, that's not in the real world anymore. Mm -hmm. And that has little to do with COVID and everything to do with the generational shift that was already coming. So we mm -hmm. are seeing a shift in those partners who win because they're better at digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just the way the world is moving. And I, I find it interesting. You, you give the vendor perspective there, right? As far as they feel like it's our customer when it's the channel that owns the relationship. Right. And it's always funny to see the give and take there. And relative to other industries, ours is so new and the pace of change is <laughs> <Yeah>. so fast <laughs> also in comparison to other industries. Yes. And so, so vendors do what they can to get in front of customers. They launch new vendor programs, Correct. which just causes confusion in the marketplace. And it makes it tougher for the partners who own the relationships to participate because they're just like inundated, right? Right. What really in the where, world? Yeah. Where to start, right? Yeah. Like with that, with that pace of change, how do agents make sure they're picking the right vendors and the right partner programs to make sure they're staying relevant in that digital age. I love that. And um, I want to back up for a minute um, to the vendor, just in case the vendors, and I know they listen because they love you guys and you're one of their <laughs> top partners. So for the vendors that are listening, what I would tell you is you need to get the partners to love you and the partners will worry about the customer. Now, that doesn't mean you should have a bad solution. Of course, your solution should work. Uh, we, we would like you to have that. Um, but what I think is fundamentally misunderstood is that when a customer talks to a partner and the customer says, hey, I need X solution, and the partner comes forward with a vendor, you know, supplier, whatever you guys want to call the vernacular of the day, with their solution. The customer perceives that the partner could have sold them any of the solutions in the category, but that they chose that one because it was best. When you as the vendor come forward with your solution, the customer knows that the only solution you have to sell is yours. And so you are immediately, and we have done studies on this at JS Group, you are immediately going to see a longer sales cycle because competitors have to be brought in and a lower percentage possibility of close. Mm -hmm. So if you're a math person, 
you would always let the channel be in front of the customer and you would do everything your organization needed to do to make fans, raving fans out of the TBIs and their partners of the mm-hmm. world. So now if you're a partner, I think this is the year where you really have to lean heavily on the folks at TBI who are amazing, by the way. So, you know, just going to promote you guys uh, to sure. help you pick the right vendors. Right. Because so many of the vendors change their programs, change their strategies, shift their compensation, shift their solutions. You really need that partner in the pitch with you to translate what's happening there and look. However, I would also say as a partner, and you might want to take notes, uh, I'm seeing three things that I think indicate uh, a vendor who's really ready to work. One, they're evolving their program, not to make it more punitive, to make it more rewarding, right? So, and part of how they're doing that is they have partner councils, they have a voice of partner, they listen to the partners and they engage people self-servingly like myself to fix the program when it's broken. And so the first thing I I say is make sure you pick a vendor who's evolving their program, who's becoming current, whose program is getting better, not more punitive. And and if it's not, stop selling that vendor because they have a competitor who's willing to be a better channel partner. The second thing is you've got to look at the marketing support the vendors have, right? The collateral, the videos, the search mm-hmm. engine optimization keywords that are they able to give you what you need to go to market? And the final one, of course, is always customer preference. You know that, right? If your customers aren't asking for the vendor anymore or every time you put them on a bid, right, you're seeing them struck. It may be time to get rid of that vendor. And, and that's a really great conversation to have with your TBI person to say, let's look at my vendor portfolio and let's look at your vendor portfolio my customer needs what vendors should i be adding what should i be deleting and where should i be staying you know kind of status quo love it valuable advice janet thank you so janet i want to talk to you a little bit about um just getting into our partner base again um we've talked a little bit about kind of what partners looked like back in the day versus today the pace of change, I guess, where are the top partners coming from in our current world? So first of all, one thing I forgot to mention about how the partners used to look is younger. Um, so... <laughs> always, always. <laughs> Sorry, we're all, we're all aging. Uh, um... <laughs> I think we all look pretty good. I think I think there's varying degrees post COVID. I don't know about you guys, but the, <laughs> before I get to Vegas, I definitely have to do some crunches and there some, you go. And, that, and and not of potato chips, which was yeah. the thing that I crunched during the pan, the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, but you know, I digress. So, Dave, really thinking um, about your question, tell me more about what you want to hear. Where. I guess we're finding the new partners to reach out to in in our current landscape, I guess, as yes. evolving. I love that. So there, of course, we always get new agents, right? People retire, mm-hmm. people change careers, people get sick of corporate America. Um, but we're also seeing some new types of partners. So I'm going to get to that in just a second. What I am seeing is a lot of folks who they've had a nice um, business And um, that's happened over the last 10, 15, 20 years, bringing the next generation of family uh, or friends in to run the business. So I'd be Mm -hmm. remiss not to say that, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, progression there in succession plans. Mm -hmm. And that's truly important to understand who the new leadership is going to be and work that relationship. 
But from new partner types, we're seeing some really interesting new partner types. So starting with MarTech agencies. So think about the fact that everything now is done online. And there is a partner who sells you website, website optimization, search engine marketing, search engine optimization, uh, e-commerce platforms. That partner is starting to come into also selling, let's use as an example, UCAS or CCAS. Because if you're doing all of somebody's e-campaigns and now you need click to chat, click to talk, mm -hmm. call center capacity, et cetera, why wouldn't you be the person to sell that? Why wouldn't you be the person then who's complaining about the network? So mm -hmm. I always tell agents in the local area, you need to get to know these people that are doing digital marketing. You need to be the first call they make when the network isn't performing, when they need new communication software to make their customer's website work right, or they're going to sign up for the same partner program you're in and be your competition. So you decide, right? Do you want a competitor in your market or would you rather have a friendly partner that then you refer your customers to to have websites, web optimization? So that's one. Second, we're seeing the, um, the systems integrators come on strong. Um, I would say if, you know, we looked at the 2010s uh, to 2019, it was the decade of the MSPs. The MSPs sure. are still very important. The managed service provider is still very important, but many of them are transitioning their business model either into a solution integrator or cloud solutions provider. So, you know, going much more focused on cloud. Those two business models, a lot of as a service, tons of recurrent revenue and a lot of, um, if you will, customer integration. So they're taking multiple solutions and knitting them together. We're seeing them come into the market. We're seeing them come into the telco market. Um, and that's a pretty big deal. It's really interesting to hear about these you know, new types of partners that you can kind of really work with and um, how that's changed you know, over time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And think about them. Um, I have one final example just to get everybody sure. real really nervous if you're a there partner. There we go. <laughs> so um, I mentioned those MarTech agencies that supply websites, but mm -hmm. there's also a fair amount of um, e-sales agencies coming on board who go out and purchase the right search terms and right content, mm -hmm. content that people want to want to read. So let's use security as an example and let's use data in motion because I know you guys added Privify to your portfolio. So this is a great real example of something TPI can do for you, right? So data right. in motion is a huge issue, right? With us all working remote, our data is kind of popping all over the place. Security is a big issue as your data moves. Vendors that TBI have like Privify can help you protect that for your clients. But let's say you don't. And so now your clients start Googling, what should I do? Because they hear about the latest hack or they you know, talk to a friend or they go to a conference. Well, there are now online digital uh, sellers who look for what people are searching. And then overnight, overseas, they write articles so they write articles about the latest hack, articles about data in motion, articles about what people are searching for. And then they sell it to you because you Google it, you read the article. At the end of the article, you're like, hey, that's really interesting. Click here to talk to them. Or they just target you and retarget you. We've all been on Facebook or Instagram or somewhere where this happens to <laughs> us, where we look up that pair of shoes in that are waterproof. And now all we see are waterproof shoes everywhere we go for the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, they do 
do that in a B2B sense. So if you're not being aggressive in your e-marketing, you could very mm-hmm. well be being put, you know, kind of almost out of business by your competitor. Yeah. I, you know, what I, what I find from an agent perspective, I think there's, I, I agree with what, with what you said as far as MSPs were, you know, the it of the 2010s SIs are where we're seeing a bigger influx, I think. And there's greener grass there, I think, in the channel with the systems integrators because they're so specifically focused on on what they're integrating. Um, but when it comes to, to social media and whether or not some of these emergent channel type partners are helping or hurting the traditional agents, what I'm hearing from you is really it's it's up to the mentality of it that is. channel agent, whether, whether or not it's going to help or hurt their business. Right. Like right? Be, be, you know, be digital uh, of what I told, I told a group of partners this last week. So I'm going to say it again. Almost every partner I know now has Gen Z children, nests, nephews, nieces, people that are on their payroll um, without doing any work. So put them to work. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. Put them to work. Sure. I'll pay for your car, but you're going to have to do this. You, you have to start to say my business cannot be a physical only business. It's not going to work. COVID was not the exception. COVID is the rule. So, you know, we're not going back to how it was before. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. People are yeah. going to be remote. And the new community is social media. People check their social media more than they check their voicemail. That's the latest statistic. Because, uh, by the way, wow. who in the heck leaves voice messages? Stop it. If you're leaving me a voice message, <laughs> stop it. Text Eric's me. Eric's raising his hand if you can yeah, see yeah, Eric, yeah. stop it. Text me. Text stop me. It, That's Eric. how the phone works. Stop it. Just send me a text. Um, um, but anyway, I diverse. So here's what's happening. Companies that are saying, look, we're going to get into this. We're going to post content on social media that's relevant. We're going to do that regularly. We're going to engage in the conversation. We're going to make connections with customers and the new buyers in those customers who go to these social communities for ideas, for references, for suggestions. You see the behavior Um, on public platforms where somebody will move in a new town. I'm going to use it as an example. And then they go, what's the internet provider in this town? Who has a cleaning person? Who has a landscaper? Well, Mm -hmm. behind the scenes, they're doing the same thing with their network when they're buying technology. They're not posting it on LinkedIn on the main page. They're going to a group or they're going via DM and they're saying to their buddies, hey, who does this? You need to be one of their buddies, their Mm -hmm. digital buddies. You need to be the person they're asking. And to do that, you need to make investments. You need to post every day um, on social platforms and you need to post personal as well as professional things so that you're viewed as a well-rounded person and people will connect with you. You can spend any amount of money you want on your LinkedIn company page and congratulations, but Mm -hmm. your LinkedIn company page will never get you sales unless you're selling, you know, widgets and you're not. It's your personal pages of your salespeople, of your principals. That's where customers are going to really navigate to and migrate to and have relationships with. The same way you had a relationship 20 years ago with somebody at a cocktail party, an event, a local, whatever it was. Now it's happening on social media and and it's your choice. Mm -hmm. You can be there 
or you can let somebody else eat your lunch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, we're not telling all the agents you need to go and, and get a TikTok account and figure it out. No, just like LinkedIn. It's LinkedIn, right? We're all yeah. there. It's LinkedIn, yeah. And it's about building a, a community, you know, online. And it, Although it, I'm not it, judging. Uh, if you want a TikTok account, I'm not judging. Go for it. Right? Go I, might for it. I might judge a little bit. And I'm looking at you, Emily Ball and Brian. Depends on what they Ooh. do. Depends on what they do. Yeah, it depends on what they do with it. But but you're right. Go on LinkedIn. Have, have a brand. Talk about things. Talk about your solutions, but also talk about the industry. Don't always be selling. Um, right. And, and, and by the way, for goodness sakes, invest in your website. That's where people go to find you. And mm -hmm. I, we did a, a survey last year with partners. 78% of partners did not come up in the top 10 results for the very thing they sold the most of. And then people will say to me, well, of course we didn't. It's because all those big partners or big vendors buy all the search terms. That's not true. Mm -hmm. Because um, Google gives extra credit for you being local. So we actually searched in the zip code where the partner was and you get, you get hundreds and hundreds of bonus points, if you will, for being local. Um, Google has trained its algorithm to give you a benefit in your local area. If you're in Toledo, Ohio, you should come up as the top 10 easily. If you have the right things on your website, if you're treating keywords right on your website mm -hmm. and that's not spending money on Google AdWords, that's just natural language on your website. That is super specific and valuable advice for the agents, Jenna. And if, if you don't know, like Brandon Smith from ScanSource, he's come over to TBI recently mm -hmm. and Divine from Tech Data. Great Jim guy. Randy Love her too. So what I'm saying is if you get tired of the consultant life, you know, TBI <laughs> I know where to go. Life. That's right. <laughs> I feel like I'm a I'm a I'm a honorary member anyway of the TBI team. So, because uh, I love you guys so much. So, and we're we're lucky to have you as a friend of TBI. Uh, other than other than crunching chips, give us a, a fun fact <laughs> or something you learned during the pandemic. Um, I learned that uh, there is not a limit to how much Star Wars memorabilia you can buy. I can uh, buy I that. <laughs> yeah, this is actually, I'm just getting set up here in my office in New Jersey. You should see the pictures from Florida. Um, oh, wow. I learned that, you know, that's a safe and healthy habit um, to just continue yeah. to buy. And and that you can also convince your loved ones that they're not toys, they're collectibles, um, because the value of them goes up. So. Yeah. Smart an investment. It's an investment. It's an investment. It's an investment. Right. So I did learn that from a business standpoint, what I learned is that those uh, salespeople who uh, became experts at social selling, and by an expert in social selling, it means you have a 70 or plus score on LinkedIn uh, social selling index. Those uh, salespeople outsold their peers who were not social selling experts by 77%. That's my other fun fact. And if you're saying what's a LinkedIn social selling index score, go Google <laughs> LinkedIn social selling index and it'll pop up a very convenient little page and you can put your, you know, you'll, you'll click it. It says, know your score. It'll show you your score. And it's based on four criteria. How much content do you share that's valuable? Is your profile updated? So for goodness sakes, you get 25 points to update your profile. So go update it. Uh, 25 points for connecting and 25 points for commenting and sharing um, with insights. 
LinkedIn then um, favors you when you're a 70 plus and all of your connections see your content that you post first. So those social selling uh, experts that had a 70 plus on LinkedIn SSI plus 5,000 or more connections on LinkedIn outperform their peers by 77%. So to me, that seems like a simple thing to do. It's a pretty big it's, number. It yeah. seems like it. <laughs> but yeah, Janet, really appreciate you taking some time and sharing those stats. And just know, TBI, we have the resources. We, we don't, Janet doesn't work for us yet. <laughs> maybe one day, one day. But, yeah. but we do have we do have social media experts marketing experts who will jump on and, you sure and help do. you, you sure boost, do. Your, boost your ssi scores yeah, some so. of the best some of the best and that's why i'm saying it's a simple thing you can do right so take advantage of the tbi ref you know resources and get it done well janet thanks again for joining us hopefully we can have you on sometime soon in the future that'd be sure. great if sure. not at TBI, as Eric keeps mentioning, but uh, if you guys have any, <laughs> if anyone listening has any questions, please uh, feel free to reach out to the training department at training at tbicom.com. So for Eric Hills and Janet Shines, I'm Dave Polakowski, and this has been TBI Talks Tech. <laughs>